0: Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia coming to you on a very, very interesting uh, day because Mind Podcast is going back to full-time politics. I mean, obviously, we always talk about politics, but like we promised uh, last week and uh, the weeks before, we are back with a full political podcast on the Karnataka elections. And together with me, I have author, columnist, analyst, host of the India Rising podcast, my good friend and Karnataka expert Kishore Narayan.
1: Thank you, Aradh. Nice can... to be back and talking with you. Yes,
0: and 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 like uh, we say, uh, we don't just call him for Karnataka. Our go back in our history, our p- Puchla podcast was but. If I am talking about Karnataka, I would rather, I would, I would I mean, there is no other person I would rather have with me talking and doing an in-depth deep dive into the history of Karnataka politics and more than Kishore Narayan. So uh, thank you so much for giving us the time and um, look forward to this excellent discussion. Exciting discussion, I should say. But discussion se pehle excellent kiyo bol rao? Sorry, go on. <laughs>
1: No, uh, honored, honored and flattered by your word. And uh, again, excited to share whatever I know about yeah, my home.
0: Excellent ball ballroom because we started uh, talking about this almost a week ago. And uh, there's just a bunch of other th- things uh, that, that came in our mind and stuff. So without further ado, let's let's kick things off. The Election Commission of India has announced the single phased elections of Karnataka. They'll be mm-hmm. starting on May 10th, uh, sorry, and ending on May 10th, so to speak. Uh, it's yep. going to be 40 days of absolute mayhem. From now, uh, we're recording this uh, on March 31st in India. And so uh, a lot of you people, I'm, the reason I'm saying the date is because a lot of people, things will happen and people will be like, well, this probably happened uh, after we recorded. So that's why i yeah. um, it's very important to say it. Uh, 13th May is when the, they will be counting and we'll obviously bring you two more podcasts. One right before the election, uh, counter, uh, right before the polling and one right after the counting. So, uh, uh, that's a minimum, we'll, we'll plan and do the, do that. Um, so Kishore, the, I want to divide this podcast into three parts. The first part is the political history of Karnataka. The second part, we want to talk about the regions of Karnataka, the caste complexities and others. And the third part, we'll go straight into numbers and, and stuff hmm. and regions where we'll talk about history also. So Kishore, let me start by, before I give the preview, give the overview can you give us a brief introduction into the world of karnataka uh, and uh, and the reason i say the world of karnataka is i use the term for being being the political world of karnataka because a lot of things are not known in hmm. other parts of india and a lot of things are deliberately kept out by these so called news anchors because they don't they want to brand the north as one and the south as one rather than analyzing uh, each state on its own so you know they yeah. do uh, these uh, kite flying in their Delhi studios. So Kishore, we 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 only do kite flying on Uttarayan. So <laughs> on the other days we actually basically uh, uh, try to unpack what is on. So uh, uh, Kishor,
1: great. Okay, uh, I don't blame people when they say I we don't know much about Karnataka. Karnataka generally the people out here are quiet, silent. Uh, they don't they don't tom tom about themselves. That's the basic nature of the people here. So in a way, uh, Karnataka can be equated to, say, a state like Odisha, right? Not many people know about Odisha. Now, uh, politically, far more important than uh, uh, such uh, states. We have 28 states to the Lok Sabha. Be that as it may, uh, within, within the southern part of India, uh, uh, the biggest state right now, after the bifurcation of uh, Andhra. So uh, quite important politically. Now everybody knows that uh, there was no uh, there was no single political entity prior to the uh, independence. We had the Mysore uh, kingdom, the royal kingdom uh, in what is today the old Mysore region. Uh, we also had uh, the uh, the Madras Presidency, uh, which ruled over uh, two portions of uh, the current state, and then we had uh, the Hyderabad uh, uh, Nizam, who was ruling over a portion of the state. We also had Bombay Presidency, which was ruling over quite a large portion of the northern part of the state. Now, uh, 1956, reorganization of states, that's when uh, the state became one. Uh, and that's when uh, the entire uh, Kannada-speaking population, although certain certain uh, pockets are left out, but that's not relevant to today's discussion, uh, large portions of Kannada-speaking population became one single political entity. However. Even within the state, there were large uh, differences in terms of demographics, in terms of uh, caste equations, in terms of uh, the influences from the neighboring states. For example, Bombay-Karnataka, which today is called Kitor-Karnataka, has a lot of uh, Marathi influence simply because it was ruled from Bombay. Uh, We also have influence of Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj, uh, again, uh, not many people there know Hindi. So you don't need a translator when a national leader, when a central leader comes down. Similarly, uh, the uh, northeastern part of Karnataka, which was ruled by Nisam, today it's called, uh, uh, today it's called Kalyani Karnataka. Uh, one of the most backward regions of uh, Karnataka, probably of the entire country, uh, not until very long ago, uh, very similar to Telangana. Now, uh, that again is another region where a lot of Telugu influence prevails. Then you have uh, the old Mysore region, which was basically the entire uh, Mysore royal kingdom. And uh, then you also have the coastal Karnataka. Now, the coastal Karnataka during the British rule was split into or ruled by Bombay presidency in the north and uh, Madras presidency in the south. Now, both of them are part of the, uh, the Karnataka state. So, uh, again, politically, you now have uh, Kitur Karnataka, which is northwest, the Bombay presidency region. Then you have Kalyana Karnataka, which is northeast, which is, again, uh, once ruled by the Nizams. Then you have the old Mysuru region, where, again, you look at Bengaluru separately, the greater Bengaluru area. You have the coastal Karnataka. And then you also have Madhya Karnataka, which is the central parts of Shimoga, Gadag, Daven-Gere, and the region around it. So technically you have four or five separate regions within the state. And even even within these five, uh, the characteristics are very different. Uh, northern part of Karnataka, you have a lot of Virasaiva slash Lingai influence. They are the dominant uh, uh, community out there. In the Southern part, you have the Vakaligas, also known as the Gaudas, being the dominant force. Uh, In the the coastal region, caste does not play much of a role. It's more of uh, Hindu versus Muslim or Hindu versus uh, Muslim and Christian because the minorities are quite uh, a significant player there. Within Bengaluru, it's far more cosmopolitan uh, because right from, say, 1960s, you've had uh, had an exodus of Tamil speaking, Telugu speaking, uh, and now uh, North Indian Hindi speaking population migrating into uh, Greater Bengaluru region. So you have a lot of uh, mixed cosmopolitan so, setup out here in the Greater Bengaluru region. So the, 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 to put things
0: into <coughs> perspective region wise. The reason why yeah. I, I shared this is to let our folks know what we are talking about here. Right. And the reason why what Kishore said is significant is look at the complexity of Karnataka, right? You have the Bombay Karnataka belt, the Hyderabad Karnataka, or, you know, the Kitturu and the Kalyan Karnataka, you know, and then you have, uh, and within them also you have regions and so forth. You have the Bengaluru belt, you have the old Mysore region, and then, you know, in even in the Bengaluru belt, you have the Bangalore rural Lok Sabha where Jandadal Sekunar suddenly has a presence, you know, within yeah. Bengaluru, of course, it's a straight BJP Congress despite the urban regions, then you have the coastal Karnataka, then you also have your Hubli Darwad regions and so forth. So it is a very complicated and fractured state politically. And I don't say fracture, I'm not saying fracture as in the state has fractures, I'm saying the political ethos of the state. So you have political parties dominant in certain regions, and then you have Congress, which is historically had a very strange pan Karnataka presence. what is weird is, whatever, and we'll go into this map uh, in details, but what is weird is, even though the Cong- BJP has done better in terms of seats, Congress almost always in state elections has always polled more seats than BJP. I don't think BJP has ever taken uh, overtaken Congress in terms of number of votes.
1: During the assembly elections, no, not at all.
0: I am talking just assembly. In Lok Sabha, obviously, yeah. we Lok, Karnataka. In Lok Sabha, is a whole another beast for which we have mm-hmm. ten extra minutes uh, allotted because I I am fascinated by how that state has voted across the years. But uh, let's talk about Vidhan Sabha right now. And then I want yeah. you to also give a, big, a bit of a history and let's, you know, from the beginning and we can start, We do, if we don't want to go all the way in the beginning, we can start from the late 80s and 90s, where, you know, you had hmm. the, uh, the Janata Dal movement, where you had Ramakrishna Hegades, your Devegowda, you had, uh, uh, you know, your Yadiyarupa, BS Yadi who's been there for a long time, S.M. Krishna. Ishwarappa, all these leaders, uh, you know, st- st- stalwarts in their own rights. And uh, from there, you get into the DK Shiva Kumar and your Basavaraj Bombay. At that time, his father, S.R. Bombay, was uh, uh, ruling the roost yep. in Karnataka. So if, if you exactly. can give our viewers and listeners a, a perspective on that.
1: Yeah. So again, uh, going back to the reorganization of states, when Karnataka became an entity, uh, Congress was the only party which was present all across Uh, all the regions of the state. So it was quite natural for them to continuously form uh, governments one after the other, possibly until, say, uh, mid 1970s, up until the emergency when uh, Devara Jaras was the chief minister. Now, uh, again, that was also the time when the name of the state was changed from Mysore state to Karnataka. Now, uh, once that uh, during that region, uh, during that time again, you also had a tiff between Devra Jaras on one side and Indira Gandhi on the other. And that was why there was for a brief moment, uh, Devra Jaras had come out of Congress as well and eventually uh, formed his own party called the Congress Arras. Uh, and this was very similar to how uh, you had a split in the early 1960s of the Congress syndicate and uh, the Congress others uh, back in the early 1960s. Similarly, you had the Congress uh, Arras Try to fight against the uh, Congress led by Indira Gandhi. Now, uh, Be- before, before
0: yeah. anything, is it Ar- because a lot of North Indian call him Devraj Urs, but Urs is the, uh, uh, the right pronunciation, Aras. right?
1: Yes. Okay. Aras, Sorry. Uh, the need to name?
0: Correct? Ha.
1: No, uh, that's a common uh, problem that every North Indian would have simply because they would go by the anglicized spelling for it, where you call it URS, where you spell it URS. But it is actually actually Aras. Aras in Kanara means a raja or a king. So uh, he he belonged to an Aras community. Uh, we are uh, who are loosely comparable to say Chathrya uh, clan. So uh, he belonged to that kind of a community. Anyway, so uh, again uh, uh, he was one of the tallest leaders back then. Probably the biggest tallest leader. Uh, uh, quite famous for land reforms. Quite famous for. Uh, social engineering back then. Uh, again, uh, uh, based on his political uh, legacy, you have a whole lot of leaders, uh, including Ramakrishna Higre, and now Sidra uh, Most of them have uh, owed their uh, allegiance to Devarajaras. Now, once uh, uh, his era was over, you always had uh, Gundura early 1980s Congress again. But 1983 was when everything changed. The first Janta Party government. Uh, where uh, first non-congress government led by Janata parties, Ramakrishna Hegde, again a Brahmin. Gundu again was a Brahmin. Now, uh, Jan- uh, Ramakrishna Hegde was supported by BJP on the right, left uh, parties, communist parties on the left, and pretty much everybody except Congress uh, were supporting the government. So you had the first uh, non-congress government uh, take shape. Uh, first government did not last long. Uh, he had to face the elections again and uh, he came back with thumping majority 1985 was the second time he became the uh, chief minister and that was the period where a lot of Panchayati Raj uh, devolution of powers to the local bodies happened so uh, again that uh, period is quite well known. Now uh, once this happened you had uh, uh, Rajiv Gandhi uh, be the uh, PM at the center now uh, once um, Ramakrishna Hegre was kind of uh, defeated in an intra party coup by uh, Devagoda. You had uh, again uh, splinters within Janta Party, pretty similar to how we have witnessed all over the country. Janta Party just does not know how to stay uh, as one single entity, right? Now, uh, very similarly, you had in Karnataka as well the same problem. Now, Congress uh, romped back into power in early 1990s. Uh, Virendra Patil was the uh, chief minister, unceremoniously removed by uh, Rajiv Gandhi from uh, the airport here in Bangalore. There's a small story to that. I'll have to tell you uh, folks about it. Uh, Virendra Patil actually fell ill. He had a paralysis stroke while he was the chief minister, hardly one year into uh, being the CM. Uh, He refused to give up uh, power. at the same time, the uh, Congress High Command in uh, Delhi uh, kind of organized the uh, communal riot just to show uh, just to show uh, Virendra in bad light, so that uh, there could be an excuse to uh, get him out of power. Uh, Rajiv Gandhi came over to Bangalore. He went to one other place outside Bangalore. He he was already uh, he had already made up his mind to get rid of Virendra Patil. Virendra Patil was definitely not in any mood to relinquish his seat. Uh, On the way back in Bangalore airport, he announced that we'll have a new government in another four, five days. Now, this led to a mini rebellion, but then we had a president's rule. Eventually, uh, Virendra Patil uh, with his failing health had to give way. And then you had, uh, uh, yes, Bangarappa be the chief minister for two and a half years. And then you had another uh, Virapa Miley, again, a well-known face in uh, Delhi. Uh, be the chief minister for another two years. Now, uh, uh, removal of Virendra Patil was a very important event in Karnataka politics because uh, Lingayat chief minister uh, w- uh, after, after, I think, uh, Nijalingappa, uh, there was no Lingayat chief minister for 15, 16 years, Lingayat being the dominant uh, community in the state. Now, you had Virendra Patil. Almost
0: 35%, right? Close to 35%.
1: Yes, yes. So, Virendra Patil single-handedly, Lingayat himself, brought Congress back to power. And then Rajiv Gandhi unceremoniously removed him. And uh, the anger of Lingayat had no limits. And ever since then, uh, Lingayat have not looked towards Congress as an option. They they flirted with Janta Party for a while. Uh, your, uh, 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 J.H. Patel, uh, and uh, M.P. Prakash for a, for a small time. But then uh, at the same time, early 1990s, 1990, 1993, 1994 was when, uh, BJP in itself became a major potent force with Yadurapa, uh, uh, catching all the limelight. So eventually you had entire Lingayat population of northern Karnataka, both northwest, which is Bombay presidency, uh, Bombay Karnataka and Hyderabad Kandaka, both regions overwhelmingly uh, preferring BJP over Congress or even Janata Dal. Then you had uh, yeah you wanted to no, 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 something?
0: No no, no 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 okay. continue and then I'm going to give an important factoid.
1: <laughs> okay and then immediately then 1994 1995 was when uh, you had a uh, Gowda chief after uh, chief after uh, Janata Dal uh, under the leadership of uh, Devay Gauda had romped into power. They had won a lot of seats. And uh, uh, based on that, they did very well in the Lok Sabha election. So within uh, two years, went moved over to Delhi. And then uh, uh, Jantadal, uh, instead of uh, possibly making uh, Sidramaya as the chief minister, who was the deputy CM then, they made uh, J.H. Patel as the uh, chief minister, primarily because Ramakrishna Agade, who was one uh, who was once uh, shortchanged by Devagoda, he kind of used this opportunity to prop up J.H. Patel uh, to take uh, kind of vengeance on Devagoda. But anyway, be that as it may, uh, Maya had, sch- had his chance in the mid-90s. He couldn't be the chief minister from Jantadal, uh party. Now, he continued to be in that party till mid of uh, 2002, 2003, no, uh, 2004, 2005. We'll come back to that. But uh, late 1990s was also when you saw, uh, uh, SM Krishna, late 1999 was when SM Krishna romped into power again. Uh, that was the time when you had the famous rivalry between Bangalore, brand Bangalore and brand Hyderabad, uh, with Chandra Babu Naidu and uh, SM Krishna trying to, uh, get as much IT investment, as much, uh, growth of these two cities. So that was, most well-known for people around the country. Uh, sadly, Krishna uh, had to deal with an image of being urban-centric and not rural-centric. So he handsomely lost the election in uh, early 2000 and 2003, I believe. And that was when you had uh, uh, Yadu Urapa becoming the chief minister for the. Uh, mm, Am I getting my numbers right? Yeah, uh, Edo becoming the chief minister for the first time uh, back then. So uh, that was the first time. Uh, remember, you had uh, Manmohan Singh government in Delhi, uh, Congress government. You had a Congress, uh, ex-Congress governor uh, in Bangalore and uh, LK Advani in uh, uh, Delhi BJP. And uh, somehow things did not go well between Edo and uh, LK Advani. Uh Erudapa got caught in a few uh, land controversies, land uh, uh, grabbing controversies. Uh, he went to jail. Uh, he had to relinquish power. Uh, BJP uh, luckily stayed one, uh, as one unit for that entire term. Uh, you had uh, minor, minor stints for Jagdish Setter and uh, D.V. Haran and Gowda, but then uh Erudapa came out of jail. He was mighty angry with the uh, central leadership of the BJP party. He floated his own party, uh, the Bellary uh, mining baron uh, Gali Janadin Reddy. He also had been a major uh, major uh, uh, organizing, organizing force in uh, Hyderabad, Karnataka. Uh, he had helped in bringing BJP to power in 2003-2004. He also uh, was now uh, angry with BJP, so you had one more splinter party there. So 2008 was when uh, 2013, I believe, was when uh, BJP was uh, BJP was uh, kind of uh, uh, pushed to the third position with a mere 46. Now from one from 110, uh, BJP had come down all the way to 40, and that was when you had H uh, D Maya become the chief minister for. Uh, for the first time. This time he was uh, he was in the Congress. He had already joined Congress in uh, early 2000s. So he had uh, he had a social experiment called Ahinda. A means Alpa Hin means Hindulita, which is uh, backward. Uh, Alpa is obviously minorities. The represents Dalita. So you had a social engineering of the minorities, the uh, backward classes, and the Dalits as uh, one single social entity, uh, uh, trying to, uh, trying to uh, pit them again, the Vakkaligas of the Old mysore region and the Lingayats of the North Karnakar It Kandarijas. is a
0: strange strange, similar thing to what Kham in Gujarat that they did. Of course, Kham had uh, Kshatriyas, yeah. but where Harijans, Adivas, he's a Muslim, the reason they had Kshatriyas is of course Madhavasi Solanki himself came up with uh, this. But just uh, that was a side thing. But finish your point uh, uh, on this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, five years of uh, uh, no no controversy, or, uh, I can't say no controversy, but no controversy in terms of power change, Sidramaya continued to be in power for five complete years uh, and uh, 2018 uh, was when BJP came back to power, uh, they had won around 110 and uh, 104, sorry, and uh, uh, that was when uh, they had to win over a few MLA from the other two parties, and eventually, Yadurapa uh, uh, was the chief minister for ab- about one and a half to two and a half years. Uh, and in the last uh, one and a half years, it was uh, Bahaviraj Bommai, who was the current chief minister, who himself is the son of an ex-chief minister, Har Bommai. Har Bommai comes from the Janta Party, so uh, Bahaviraj Bommai has socialist or Janata Party uh, route uh, to his political beginnings. Now uh, that's where we stand today. Uh, Two thousand thirteen uh, was when uh, I told you that Congress had uh, single-handedly one power under uh, under Sadramaya. Now that was when uh, the ahinda, uh, the social engineering had happened. But that kind of angered all the other all the other sections of the society. There were a lot of Hindu-Muslim clashes as well. When I say clashes, it was more, uh, not much on the street, but more in terms of uh, academic debates on uh, what what, uh, status should Tipu get uh the the one upon a time ruler of so, so, so we'll, we'll, uh, get to,
0: we'll, we'll get to we'll get to that in the second part that portion because i hmm. that leads into the numbers and stuff but before we get into the second part on the numbers uh, one very interesting thing i want to point out is i was looking at the history of karnataka and before sidramaya right one yeah. of the longest serving chief minister or uh, i mean before Sidramaya it was probably SM Krishna then he called the 1999 election apart from that you would have to go for ages and ages back decades back in Karnataka to find someone who completed a full term It Karnataka has had such fractured. So, if I were to just go down the list, say from 1990, let's use that as a uh, thing, or where Ramakrishna Hegde was, you know, uh, the uh, tall leader from there, Bombay became becomes for less than a year, then Virendra Patil for about a year, and Virendra Patil took Congress to 178 seats out of 224. Exactly, it was more than two thirds majority. No face has ever been able to get this number and he was unceremonious. So at that time, the Lingayats were obviously with the Congress and then they obviously, you know, switched. And that also happened to coincide with the Ramjan Maghumi movement with Advani getting that uh, additional, that national presence of the BJP. So, and then that is why in post 1991, in 96, essentially BJP's three oldest catchment areas have been Uttar Pradesh, Gujarat and Karnataka. Everywhere else, yes. Madhya Pradesh and surf, they have done. But post-96, I mean Uttar Pradesh, they have oscillated back and forth. But Gujarat and Karnataka have consistently delivered. And that's why it was said that in 2009 election, when BJP was at its lowest, the only two metros that they won were Ahmedabad and Bengaluru. Otherwise, they lost every right. single metro in India. Uh, this was in
1: 2009, right? In 2009,
0: when Advani was the uh, PM phase. Yes. And uh, th- th- yes. th- so that is where Karnataka went in from 89 to 2009 uh, where uh, unlike Gujarat where BJP had been there Jansang had been there for a long long time but uh, th- th- that is uh, uh, um, uh, th- that is the significance of uh, um, uh, Karnataka so okay from there so the reason I brought it So then you had Bumai then you had uh, Bangarappa in the 1990 for 2 years then Virappa Moeli Dewe again you know couple of years one year and then Dewe Goda resigns to become the uh, uh, um, prime minister, uh, prime minister. Dewe Goda has rumored to have said ye hai i don't know that devagoda mm-hmm. said that i the biggest blunder of my life is i gave up karnataka to take delhi and lost karnataka forever
1: forever i don't know possibly in, the uh,
0: reason the reason i mean forever his is to get a simple majority then JDS huh. then became a yes. sub-regional party of uh, uh, Karnataka, where it is old Mysore and some pockets. But in 1994, the Janata Dal actually swept Karnataka.
1: Exactly, yes, yes. So what he so, could gain and master in Karnataka, he kind of lost it in Delhi. Yes, exactly. So then S. M.
0: Krishna becomes, and then you have then you have the big. Uh, you uh, big uh, Game of Thrones that happens in Karnataka, where Dharam Singh is there for one and a half year. Uh, Dharam Singh's tenure is even more critical because that is where the whole virappan uh, thing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when Dharam Singh was the chief minister and uh, uh, Karnataka, of course, I remember as a child when the whole Rajkumar abduction happened, and Karnataka essentially mm. came came to a grinding halt with all sorts of yeah. uh, protests and news. So th- th- from there, you went to Dharm Singh. And then suddenly, I remember as a, uh, uh, a young political enthusiast watching news. And then overnight, I think BJP pulled a coup where H.D. Kumaraswamy, ke Sat, they formed the government. And uh, Devagoda, they were already in alliance with 58 seats. And I was like, I'm pained. And I don't know what is happening. And this is when Devagoda was a part of the UPA, if I'm not mistaken. They were a part of the UPA JDS. Uh, maybe not officially. Like not at the
1: national yeah. level, but but they were supporting and all that stuff. So, anyways, yeah, um, yeah. Then, uh, it, it uh, was, uh, yeah, it was very similar to the uh, the uh, the Maharashtra story, where uh, you didn't want I mean, Sharad Power didn't want Ajit power to go with uh, Devendra Fadnavis. So, uh, so, so now, uh here, <laughs> Devendra <Goda laughs> did not want Kumar Swami to go with uh, BJP. But yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: But, uh, but 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 in, in ironically in both the cases it was a BJP chief minister whose tenure was cut short because if it was mm. Patna for a few hours if it was Yediyurappa yeah. in seven days so uh, seven days. but that seven days happened after two years of Kumaraswamy being the chief minister and Yediyurappa yeah being the deputy.
1: was the yeah of the 60 months of a, of a Vidhan Sabha tenure uh, uh, you had uh, Dharam Singh as the chief minister for almost 20 months so you had another 40 months left. And that was when the, the famous 2020 formula came into limelight. Uh, Kumaraswamy was to be the chief minister for 20 months, Yadodapa so, to be chief minister for the next 20 months. Now, Yadodapa was gracious enough, g- gracious mm-hmm. enough, or possibly foolish enough to, uh, to, add, to, uh, uh, to agree to become the deputy chief minister for the first 20 months to work under a more junior Kumaraswamy. But then, when, when his turn came to become the chief minister, Kumaraswamy uh, 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 famously backed off. And again, that led to one more uh, shot in the arm for the BJP. All over North Karnataka, Lingaj felt that they had been cheated by, uh, by uh, Janta, Janta Dal Hitler. And that led to fresh impetus for the party to make further inroads in everywhere in North and coastal Karnataka. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So it was fascinating, fascinating times, fascinating times. Um, so, so the reason I bring this up is from there BJP gets the uh, uh, the mandate, you know, to get all become all essentially done. But then BJP runs into problems of its own with replacement of chief ministers and then KJP gets formed and BJP loses mm. in 2013, which they probably would have come back to power had Yediripa stayed on for five years. Yeah, yeah. This time, do you think I, we, I, there, I don't think I have read news if Basavaraj Boma is still going to be the face for five more years. Uh, I, I But I, I don't think if he is not going to be, BJP is ever going to reveal that because they don't want to lose the Lingayat vote because you lose the Lingayat vote, essentially, BJP,
1: for BJP, the election is over. The way I understand it is uh Raj Bhumai has started making the right kind of noise in the past one week, telling I will return back as the chief minister. So possibly uh, Delhi uh, central leadership may have indicated to him that If BJP wins, you will continue to be the chief minister. May not be for the full term, but at least initially. So I think Basavraj Raj may continue to be the chief minister if BJP wins. Primarily for the reason that you mentioned, uh, he is the Lingayat face of the party. may not be the tallest leader uh, in the state, but uh, suits BJP anyway. So uh, yeah, that might be a certain possibility.
0: Absolutely. So I think that is that is absolutely going to happen. I think uh, we can be rest assured. So <clears throat> moving from there to the, the the current situation in Karnataka, right? Let's let's look at the current situation. Um, Congress under DK Shiv had a great chance to do because DK Shiv uh, may not be the most popular Congress leader, but he has that organization capacity, the finances absolutely, and that thing. And Sidharamaya does not have the whole, uh, the same pull that he did, right? So what do you, hmm. what do you look at it? And now after, after you give this point, I'm going to talk about the historic results of Karnataka.
1: Okay. So uh, again, uh, two, two power centers for the Congress within the state. Uh, D.K. Shukumar uh, has been the leader in waiting for a long, long time. He believes that this is uh, chance to uh, win the state for the Congress and therefore become the chief minister. Uh, Sidra thinks that he can become the chief minister for one last time, although he said the same thing in 2018 as well. So I don't know how many more one last times uh, he would uh, he would come back with. But uh, yes, Sidramaya is kind of aging. He does not have the same strength uh, anymore as D.K. Shukumar. Uh, there are rumors or there is a certain possibility that D.K. Shukumar might choose uh, candidates who are closer to him. Some of them are his relatives. Some of them are his, uh, his uh, henchmen uh, to get party tickets and therefore become MLA's. So that if there is a number strength the game uh, on who will become the Congress Chief after if at all Congress, when I think D.K. Shukmar will be well positioned to uh, to to push off uh, Sadramaya and take the coveted chair. So I think that is where you have that one-upmanship happening between Sadramaya and Kuruba himself, a backward caste. Uh, Kuruba essentially means the shepherd community, and you have uh, D.K. Sukhmar. Who himself is a Gauda, a Vakaliga. Uh, so you have that kind of a, a tiff happening between them. Now, uh, DK Shukumar moving around the entire old Mysore region, uh, asking the Gaudas or the Lingayas or, or the Vakaliga to uh, vote for him, uh, promising them that if they vote for him, he will become the next Vakaliga Chief Minister. And that should help them immensely. And that is his. Uh, his uh, bugle uh, bugle war cry for this election uh, Sadramaya of course is struggling and i'll tell you the reason why he he was uh, uh, historically contesting some uh, a seat in the suburbs of mysore called uh, varuna and uh, he he lo- he gave it up for her son in 2018 now he moved over to a neighboring seat he lost it he, he luckily had contested from one more thing in uh, northern Karnataka. He, he barely uh, managed to win that uh, with a small margin of a thousand and odd uh, votes against uh, Sridamulu, who himself is a, a, a Walmiki caste or a Walmiki community leader of the BJP. Now, uh, uh, Sidramaya does not want to go back to Badami. Uh, with uh, the seat where he won in uh, 2018. So now in the past one, one and a half years, there has been uh, talk about where he will contest from. Uh, everybody thought that he will contest from Kolar. Uh, now, uh, again, BJP thought, let's give him a tough fight. So there has been some amount of polit- political maneuvering for the BJP within Kolar. Uh, will they be successful or not, nobody knows. But I think I think uh, there has been enough doubt in the congress high command uh, to deny uh, Sadramaya that ticket so essentially, apparently rahul gandhi had uh, told uh, Sadramaya not to contest from Polar, instead go back to varuna so Sadramaya now is snatching the seat back from her son uh, yatindra and contesting from varuna one last time but he he claims that he has asked uh, the high command uh, to uh, for permission to contest from Kolar again. Now, will he mm-hmm. contest from both the seats or not? If he contests, will he win from both or one or neither? That's, that's the High-pitched battle yeah. that people are going uh, to
0: and and Kolar is a Congress stronghold, but VJP managed to wrest it in 2019. My good friend Jaymeru flagged it as a potential swing, and you said the same thing. Uh, Kolar, for the uninitiated, is also where the KGF movies take place or what they are based on, the Kolar goldfield. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, in in case you don't know uh, what 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 the heck we are talking about, that's what it is. But let's 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 go straight into the numbers then, Kishore. Right, because yeah. I think I think we got to I think we got to talk about these. So let's talk talk about the uh, talk about the election numbers. I'm going to pull up the 2013 map again, and we're going to talk hmm. about it. Um, BJP gets a 16 percent bump. In the uh, in the uh, in the two thousand six numbers, right? So, wh- wh- how walk us walk everyone through it? So, why how what is the what is the reason and why uh, where are the gains for BJP coming and why how does JD still manage to hold on its base?
1: Okay, uh, two thousand uh, rewind to two thousand thirteen. Congress had won social engineering under Sidramaya. as I told you. Now he had managed to anger both the Lingayaj from North Karnataka, Vokalijas from South Karnataka, and uh, his uh, his government was not as popular as he claims that to be. Uh, and the results are there for everybody to see. 2018 was a, was a big victory for uh, uh, BJP. Essentially, uh, uh, Sidramayas Congress had lost from around 130 or 130, uh, 122 all the way down to around 80. So, Uh, That was how unpopular his government had become. Many ministers, I think 13 or 14 ministers had lost their seats in 2018. Now, uh, again, as you see, uh, when you look at the map, uh, North Karnataka, again, uh, split that into two, Northwest, the Bombay, uh, Karnataka. Uh, PJP managed to do very well in uh, uh, Bagalkot, Bijapur, and there is, there is some uh, level, of Bhargavi, level of there is some level of polarization also in in the Mumbai Karnataka region, right?
0: The Bombay Karnataka to, to an
1: extent, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean polarization happens uh, to the to the highest degree in coastal Karnataka, but in Kedara Karnataka and in, in Mumbai Karnataka also to an extent, yes. And all that help. Now, uh, what one region where Congress did well was in uh, northeast Karnataka, the Hyderabad Karnataka, where you see a lot of blue, in uh, Gulbarga, in uh, Raichur, in in Kokpada, in Yadgiri. So all these districts were where Congress did very well in 2018. Now, that was one reason why BJP could not cross the halfway mark and kind of uh, got stuck at 104 simply because they could not uh, win the uh, Hyderabad Karnataka region uh, yeah. conventionally. Now uh, come down to the bottom half of the state, and you see a lot more, uh, lot more saffron and uh, green. And I'll tell you the reason for it. Uh, coastal yeah. Karnataka again highly polarized the region. Hydramaya uh, was not popular there. Uh, he had he had ordered firing on some uh, on some students and on uh, on BJP Karikarta, so all that anger uh, manifested in a complete saffron wave in coastal Karnataka. Central Karnataka, uh, everybody knew that uh, uh, Yadurappa was back in BJP and he himself is from Shimoga, so that was a golden chance for them to have a stream from their region, so that helped. Now in the southern part, the old Mysoro region was where JDS, just, JDS is a party which just refuses to die in, in the old Mysore region. So what you see here is Hassan, uh, Mandia, Ramnagara, Bengaluru, rural, uh, pockets of uh, Tumkuru, Kolar, uh, and of course, uh, Mysore district as well, where they do conventionally well simply because of uh, the Wakaliga becoming their vote bank. Now, uh, again, uh, everybody knows this. And let me repeat it for the audience. Uh, the entire family uh, contest the elections in one form, of the, uh, one form or the other. One of them contest for Lok Sabha, one of them contest for the Vidhan Sabha, some of them for the Gramp, uh, the Jilla Panchayat. So you essentially have them everywhere uh, in all three tiers of governance. Now, and that is the reason why uh, they are kind of very, uh, very uh, uh, ever present in that region. Uh, now, again, for uh, historically, uh, the Vakaligas have not looked at BJP as an option. And therefore, even in 2018, uh, BJP uh, struggled to have any inroads in, in uh, the old Mysore region. Uh, hardly, uh, hardly a few here and there in, say, uh, Mysore district. And of course, uh, I'm not talking about Bangalore. Bangalore is a separate uh, political entity uh, by itself. But yes, that is how things work. And Bengaluru, of course, uh, uh, BJP, I think, had won around uh, 12 or 13 out of 28, and all that helped them to to get to around 104. And uh, initially, again, Yerodapa was the chief minister for around uh, 48 hours or so, and uh, they tried to form the government, they did not, Uh, there were allegations that uh, Yerodapa was uh, trying to win over uh, the newly elected MLA from other parties. With that as it may, uh, BJP could not uh, could not uh, form the government. You had uh, the uh, the famous photograph of all opposition leaders in the country standing on the standing on the steps of the secretariat. We call it the Vidhan Sauda. and uh, that was when uh, you had uh, the murmur beginning of a united opposition, the Mahagat Bandhan, uh taking shape. Uh, this was uh, 2018 uh, with just one year left for the, the 2019 Lok Sabha election. So you had Kumaraswamy becoming the chief minister of Congress, uh, supporting them uh, as an alliance partner and uh, hoping that they could also uh, do well in the 2019 Lok Sabha election. So this was the uh, origin of the Mahagat Pandan. And and we all know how long it lasted. It, it hardly uh, managed to survive till the 2019 Lok Sabha election. Uh, had uh, had absolutely uh, disastrous uh, results in BGP uh, BJP 125 out of 28 uh, seats in the state against the United Congress and Jankadal Dal Secular uh, alliance. So- uh, and one uh, 25 plus one because. One independent was supported by BJP, and then uh, one for Congress, one for JDR. So that, no, was that, how... that one
0: is very crucial. That that one is very crucial. That is Sum, uh, Su, uh, Amrish's wife, right? Uh, uh, Sumalata Amrish, yeah. Sum, Sumalata, Sumalata Amrish from Mandya. And the reason I say it is because Mandya, Hassan, Hassan, and Tumakaru. They are three old Tumaguru, Mysore, yeah. uh, Tumaguru in the old Mysore region where the JDS is in big, <clears throat> in contention. Mandia is always a bone of contention between Congress and JDS whenever they are in alliance, who oh, will yeah. Hassan and Tumaguru is completely uh, uh, JDS dominated and then Bangalore rural, right? So except yeah, yeah. for DK except for DK brother, I think they lost every seat, correct? If I'm not mistaken? Uh, or
1: did, uh, they, did they win Hassan? Hasan they won. I'm sorry. They won Hassan. That was uh, Devay Goda's grandson, uh, Prajwal Devanda. And uh, DK uh, Shukmar's brother, DK So, except oh, for these true. two, uh, they were routed everywhere else.
0: Yeah, and, and Hassan Hasan Hasan essentially was because uh, because really, uh, uh, Devagoda gifted it to his grandson. and and Hasan is one seat that JDS is never going to uh, lose. Really, uh, out of eight MLAs, I think six are from JDS, and it's a, it's a dominated by Vokaliga, So you'll have uh, you know that, and it's an entire family uh, uh, family oriented uh, uh, seats everywhere.
1: Uh, so, so that yeah. is interesting. And, but, but, yeah, it and, is like Baramati in Maharashtra.
0: Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. I, I actually was going to say this because just like you have Baramati, Madha, all these uh, regions in Maharashtra, actually the similarities between the Pawar family and the Goda family are huge because both of them refuse to take a backseat. I mean, good for them if they can fight and stuff. But that is the thing, both of them refuse uh, to retire and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deva devagoda is, po- uh, is in his early 90s, his health uh, does not uh, enable him to move around that freely anymore. But he continues to be a guiding force for the party. Uh, the party essentially is ruled by his uh, younger son, Kumaraswamy. Uh, but yes, yeah, I mean, they uh, they cannot grow beyond the old Mysoro region, beyond uh, the Gouda uh, Vakaliga bastion. Uh, but somehow they managed to get their votes uh, keep their vote bank intact, and that that adds that third uh, uh, flavor to the kind of, uh, political cuisine. Yes.
0: you I was uh, you're, on mute. Yeah. <laughs> I was no, I, I was, on mute. I was trying to. I was because I was going to the two thousand thirteen numbers, right? So two thousand thirteen. Okay. Here is the there is the interesting part. Let me tell you. 2018, BJP is 36.3%, Congress is 38%, uh, Kumaraswamy is 19%. Okay. 2013, BJP is, uh, Congress is 36.6, same number. Uh, Kumaraswamy is 20%. BJP is reduced to 19.9%. Where does that 19 point, where does that additional 12% go? Out of that 12%, 10% is with Mr. B.S. Eduroppa. He gets 9.8% BJP. of the vote. Right. And then you have the 2% vote going to BSR Congress, which is B. Sriramulu's party, you know, uh, who is very close to the Reddies So basically, there is no vote from BJP going to the Congress or the JDS except for like half a percent here or there. Essentially, the yeah. 20% is going there and that came back. Plus, there is an additional vote from JDS that came back from the old Mysore region, but not as much to uh, ensure a route. Okay. So, so this is the thing. What is interesting for me is that in 2008, 2008 when BJP got uh, 110 seats, their numbers were less than 30, they were about 33%. Right? JDS yeah. was still holding about 19% and the other um, the others also got some seats and JDU also got like 1%. Uh,
1: that happens because uh, the tight uh, rate for BJP is very very high in North Kanatka and Coastal Kanatka and they hardly managed to win anything in uh, old Mysore region. And uh, that's why, even with a lower vote percentage, they get to win those many seats. And uh, Congress being a pan sanatka party, even with a 36, 37, 38%, they struggle to form the government.
0: But let me ask you this then. Um, what explains the dominance of BJP in urban Karnataka? Is this a, a, a post-Hindutva um, reason, or you think BJP is seen more as an urban party? The reason I ask is SM Krishna, with what he did for Bangalore or what he said, you know, Congress should theoretically have swept Bangalore. But after SM Krishna goes from 1999. BJP has essentially swept uh, Bangalore. And, you know, the, you call it the Yedirup or the Anant Kumar effect. Anand Kumar essentially was the tallest BJP leader from the Bengaluru area, you know. Yes. But post-1999 and even now, BJP is set to do quite well in Bangalore. Bangalore. So, can you talk a little bit about that, Kishore?
1: Yeah. Uh, again, BJP's origin here uh, goes back to the Janshan days. Uh, coastal Karnataka and certain pockets within the uh, in other parts of the state were where they Historically, did well, but then you had the Anand Kumar and the Suresh Kumar and uh, Ramchandra Godas who were actually uh, keeping the party uh, in uh, uh, in uh, fighting condition here in uh, Bangalore, and that kind of augured well, so that even even despite a very uh, pro-development, pro-technology uh, faith uh, that Isham Krishna had, despite that, I think he uh, simply uh, by virtue of not being uh, uh, pro-rural phase. I think he lost it. But having said that, you are you are very correct in telling that uh, Congress should have at least swept Bang- Bangalore, uh, which yes. certainly did not happen. So essentially, you try to convince one, uh, you try to uh, pander to one uh, section, you end up pandering none. That's, that's the takeaway from this entire experiment. You try to pander to one social engineering uh, group of Ahinda, you end up pandering to none. Again, a lesson a takeaway from Sidramaya's uh, experiment. So that is essentially what we have seen here. Now, uh, the, reason, the reason that we uh, we ascribe uh, for this is uh, uh, late uh, mid-1990s, late-1990s, Ramjan Mabhumi, yes. But if you see uh, Hyderabad and Bangalore were two such cities where they were overwhelmingly voting for the BJP. You had the Bandaruda Tatrayas, you had the Kumar. They all were doing well. They all were winning their Lok Sabha seats. So, uh, two, three, four seats around those were actually places where BJP would do well, incrementally well. And that is what we were uh, witnessing there. Now, again, we all know what happened in Andhra. BJP went into an alliance with Telugu and that somehow stifled the party there. But out here, that, that was not the case. I mean, BJP, no, but BJP almost made that same mistake.
0: Uh, Yes, but BJP almost made that same Nitish Kumar wala mistake, where JD Kum- uh, HD Kumar Swami with less number of seats was able to be- become CM first before that, right? Uh, and then uh, uh, b- same thing happened in Bihar, where Nitish Kumar was allowed to take the lead, even the with- same thing in Odisha with Naveen Patnaik and same thing in Andhra. So BJP as a, the, the, the problem about history is, right, selective quotations. When people say, oh, BJP went from 182 to 160. No, BJP's popularity was way more than 182. But they made a lot hmm. of concessions for Nitish Kumar, for Achandra Babu Nailu, for uh, uh, Naveen Patnaik. I think BJP would have been 200, 210 at that time, uh, had they not made those concessions and had they not blundered in Uttar Pradesh the way they did. Luckily La- 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 for Karnataka BJP in Karnataka, in Karnataka yeah no, no. just to add karnataka I mean, thanks to yed i think they did make the same blunder because he kept yeah, the I... nubs of the political entity uh, uh, in his vote.
1: absolutely now the only uh, only difference between say a bihar or a uh, or an andhra pradesh and karnataka is that in karnataka bjp never fought elections together with jdr they always fought independently and uh, that helped them in the longer run now, even uh, I mean the point that you were making a little while ago that uh, BJP uh, people in Bangalore voted for BJP even even in 2009. So I think I think that was the nationalistic appeal that uh, BJP always had for uh, the Bangalore voters, and uh, they continue to uh, prefer BJP even even when UPA romped back to power then.
0: And I have a thing about two thousand nine, man. Two thousand nine yeah. was the most loyal BJP voter coming out. The the two thousand nine election was showing that ye voter BJP ke haath se kahin nahi jane wala. So you had the the benchmark set, which was about nineteen to twenty percent national vote. Uske mm. Niche mm. Sab hua hai.
1: That's that's what yeah. I think. So, I mean, this was just a few months after the uh, Mumbai uh, uh, blast, right? You had uh, I mean that kind of set the tone for the 2009 election and despite all that uh, bjp did well in certain pockets managed to get its core vote base come out and vote for them so i think that was what uh, that, that was probably the lowest point for the party and they only had one way to go after that even within the state as well
0: So let's look at, let's look at something else then. Let's look from there. Let's, let's, let's get to the contemporary. Okay. So in the last part of the podcast, the last, last few minutes, we are going to talk about the, what is two thousand And guys, this is not the only podcast. We will do another one also because it is not possible to, we've already hit the, almost the one hour mark. So the last few minutes, I have to focus on the numbers that have come out now. And then in we'll do a second part. Uh, in the few weeks to come which will be a pro- which will be a proper seat by seat preview of what happens district by district preview so for now uh, i'm going to read out what the opinion polls have said right now and what um, and again this is a this is a caveat but since the numbers numbers are out hume baat and we i am i mean the usual caveat supply i'm just going to assume that every, every everyone everything everyone did was correct i mean i uh, some very reliable folks like Seawater has given the proposal yashwant you know does good analysis and stuff so one may disagree whatever but whenever they do but he has given he has given his numbers so let's just assume there number two have One is something South First People's Pulse and the other is seawater. Uh, the South People's Pulse came in January 2023. So, I mean, that I'm not counting right now. Uh, they've got a hung assembly. And I think that's similar to what Kishore in my analysis is, by the way, I think. But let's go to the sea water. Kishore has a fabulous thread on Twitter, by the way, on that. So, uh, um, uh, so l- l- let's, let's talk through uh, these numbers, Kishore, see what it gives 115 to 127 to uh, Congress, 68 to 80 to the BJP and 23 to 35 for the JDS. I think the JDS numbers we more or less agree. They will be around the 30 mark. You know, th- they, they, they always oscillate between mm-hmm. 30 40. It is the BJP yeah. numbers and Congress numbers where I'm, I have my doubts because I personally think we are headed for a hung assembly with BJP and then we are headed for a Congress. Even if they are ahead, they'll be marginally ahead right now, like eighty-five to ninety-five. Now, now, what is your
1: perspective? Uh, a few things here. What what are the tilting factors for Congress to win? What I mean, what should happen for Congress to win? Either the Gauda, the Vakiliga should vote on Ma to D.K. Kumar uh, or uh, the North Karnataka lingas should favor Congress or in Coastal Karnataka Congress should win. Now none of this seems to be happening and I'll, I'll tell you the reason. Coastal Karnataka you had communal clashes, you had a bomb blast uh, by uh, PFI activists, you had uh, the uh, hijab ban issue, so you already have a polarized uh, region there. So, I don't think Congress will win. Pretty, uh, I mean, they will win uh, pretty much just one or two seats in coastal Karnataka. So uh, Congress cannot gain anything there. Northern Karnataka, say in uh, say Hyderabad Karnataka, again they had already won handsomely there, and they cannot win anything more. In fact, I feel that they might actually lose. Uh, Congress might actually lose many seats there simply because of multiple factors, say coming into uh, campaign. BJP themselves doing well, uh, a few uh, scheduled tribes and scheduled cash uh, uh, getting an altered reservation, uh, uh, mathematical changes there. So I think all that might actually help BJP in hyderabad Karnataka, um, bombay Karnataka, mumbai Karnataka. of course, uh, there, there has always been a neck-to-neck fight between BJP Congress. Even this time around, I don't see anything changing. So Congress cannot gain anything even there which which only uh, leaves uh, the old Mysore region, where if you are given 20, 25 to 30, 35 to JDS, then obviously it means that Congress cannot win more than say 15 to 20 in that region. <coughs> Essentially, what I'm, what I'm hinting at is it can be a repeat performance for the Congress in uh, 2023, uh, the same that they had in 2018. How many did they have in 2018? They had around 78 to 80, and I feel that uh, Congress might actually repeat the same thing. Yes. Uh,
0: what, what, the numbers
1: is... that are given here, are one one fifteen to 127, which I feel seems to be a bit of a stretch. Now, uh, with with regards to BJP though, uh, BJP has not lost any any uh, any uh, community as such. In fact, they have in they have been able to pocket a few more communities. Scheduled uh, cast you uh, scheduled cash a few of them uh, scheduled tribes of course, the Banjara, the Lamani in uh, the Hyderabad Kanaka region uh, they, have got, uh, they have got certain benefits, they've got certain land uh, reforms that have been done there so PJP actually might gain a few more there. Uh, old Mysoro region where they know that they are uh, they are the third uh, powerful party there so, they are trying their level best. So I think uh, BJP might actually gain more rather than Congress gaining more. And uh, I agree with you when you say that BJP might be the single largest party. Will they Will they uh, actually half, uh, cross the halfway mark? Uh, only time will tell. We still don't know the candidates. We still don't know Correct. who is pitted against whom. So am, early days, yes, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm okay to say that it could be a dead heat where BJP and Congress almost end up with within five seats of each other and then in Congress, JDS forms the government or BJP forms the government with independence, depending on how, what is the JDS's number, you know, whether they'll be the kingmakers or not. Um, one very interesting thing I want to point out boss here is a big caveat. Yashwant is holding uh, his numbers with a six percent difference between uh, five to six percent vote share difference between BJP Hmm. and Congress, except for when Yedi-Europa split the BJP with KJP. This has never happened in a a lot of elections. And I'm talking about the last 20, 25 years, you know, last five elections, I think post 2004, this has never happened such big of 5% vote share. If the 5% vote share happens. Absolutely, Congress will get one twenty because getting a forty percent vote share in a quasi three-cornered contest is huge, right? Yes, but I, totally. I, I, yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. So, what do you think, Yashwant?
1: I, uh, I don't think I don't think you will have a two to three percent swing away from BJP towards the Congress. That is something that I don't see happening, and therefore, this lead of five five and a half percent that uh, Yashwant is talking about is something that uh, seems difficult to, uh, comprehend.
0: And that lies that guys is, is the big caveat of this, uh, of this sort of thing. But one thing is for sure, this is probably the closest election in the recent history of Karnataka, where each seat is up for grabs, each um, I mean, when I say each seat is because there are always going to be 40 seats for BJP, 40 seats for Congress and 15 seats for GDS. They're always going to win, right? But uske alawa, right? that is more than half the seats are up for grabs, right? So all of those are will be contested, fiercely contested. Even the so-called caste combinations, the complications will go and we'll take off a window. So part two, we're going to focus on that and how the districts will vote and stuff. But before we conclude part one, Kishore, any concluding thoughts and and, and uh, anything you want to wrap up this podcast with? Uh,
1: a waveless election. We have no wave, absolutely. And we uh, and there is no major uh, issue as such. Although Congress seems to be raking up a 40% commission, uh, sharkara, double engine failure, uh, that kind of a, uh, rhetoric. I don't see that translating on the street. So I doubt if people will buy into that argument, but you never know what happens on the polling day. But right now that does not seem to be happening. So essentially we might be looking at 224 uh, mini elections uh, where you have a lot of MLA level anti-incumbency. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. that might actually help uh, BJP to actually field newer candidates rather than go with their old uh, yeah, mere, mere uh, bhai
0: <laughs> India is a land of
1: 543 elections type so uh, yeah but sadly sadly that's how uh, elections are uh, conducted in in the country right so uh, you have that dynamic uh, changing from constituency to constituency uh, otherwise we would not have had uh, 25 for bjp in 2019 and one independent, where that independent actually defeated another grandson of uh, Devigodha, Nikhil Kumar Swami, son of Kumar Swami. So Mm. fascinating uh, is an understatement for for, uh, Indian politics. And uh, that's where uh, you have demographics playing a role. You have caste caste arithmetic playing a role, alliance playing a role, adjustment politics playing a role. So you have a lot of things uh, happening simultaneously. So that's what I believe in. There is no wave, absolutely uh, not, uh, absolutely nothing whatsoever. Uh, Can be, uh, can be uh, a fight for a one percent here, a half percent there, kind of a scenario, and that is what we are looking at.
0: Before we wrap up, just wanted to take you guys through the insanity that is Karnataka elections. Look at 2013: 122 for Congress, 40 for uh, Kumaraswamy, 40 for BJP, and then 10 for Yediyurappa. Uh, six for him and two, three for Sri Ramulu. Um, before that was 2008, where BJP 110, Congress 80, uh, Kumaraswamy 28. Before that was 2004, where BJP was 80 or 79, uh, Congress was 65. You know, this was the SM Krishna game changer election where SM Krishna lost more than half seats. And uh, JD Europe uh, and Siddharamaya, who at that time was in JDS, led them to 58 seats. Right. And I think the whole issue with Komaraswamy was that Siddharamaya is getting more uh, uh, sort of uh, footage. Right. You have 99. Again, same thing, right? Where JDS only has 10 seats and 94, because JDS is a new party at that time. Deva Gowda romps uh, to power with 115 for that and, you know, BGP goes from 4 to 40. Again, that 1989 to 1994 and Virappa Moily, Mr. Moily that people forget, has led Congress from the historic Virendra party number of 178 down to 34. Yeah, this this was a peculiar tendency with all Congress Chief Ministers there. Madhusi Solanki leads them to 149. They're down to 13 in Gujarat in 1990. Virappa Mohini does the same thing there. So I always say that the great Rajiv wave, people forget that uh, Rajiv Gandhi's hagiographers these days, in when they want to praise Rajiv Gandhi, forget that what all rubbish Rajiv Gandhi did in the states, which led to the decline and absolute decimation of Congress after him.
1: And uh, same, thing, same thing continued even with uh, Sonia Gandhi at the helm and who can forget uh, Vyasharaj Shekhar Reddy winning back-to-back terms, but then after his demise, uh, Congress was nowhere. Uh, Congress managed to bifurcate the party, bifurcate the state, but then Congress itself got uh, routed in the state. Uh, uh, Anjaya and K. K Kiran Kumar Reddy uh, uh, finished the term for Congress, but then after that, Congress was nowhere, both in Telangana and in Andhra Pradesh. So yeah, I mean, that That high command uh, 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 way of ruling uh, from Delhi for Congress, that does not seem to change. And uh, when you are doing the same thing, you cannot expect any different result as well.
0: The definition of stupidity, my friends, is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Uh, so we shall not talk about Rahul Gandhi being nominated uh, as the third time after two stellar election losses, but um, but the Congress seems to be in that situation. Uh, they they are not cashing in on the places they can, and they they're completely sort of dropping the ball. You know, be it the the, the issues that the social issues that people are talking about in the education sector and others, but that that all that and all those election analysis await part two of our Karnataka podcast. The first is the history of Karnataka politics. I hope we did a a decent job trying to explain it to you. Before we let you go, Kishore, any recommendations that you have for our uh, listeners, viewers today?
1: Uh, Politics apart, Karnataka has a a very big uh, green cover. It has a lot of uh, forest cover. And there is a new documentary that has come out in, uh, on Amazon Prime called Gandha uh, the Gandhada Gandha translates to uh, a temple of sandalwood or a sandalwood temple, essentially implying that Karnataka is that kind of a state where you have a lot of sandalwood grown. And uh, this documentary uh, is uh, the last movie of Puneet Rajkumar, son of uh, Dr. Rajkumar. And it was a fascinating docudrama. Or a documentary of the wildlife of Karnataka. So if anybody is interested in that, please do watch it. Uh, It's it's fascinating to see the kind of uh, diversity that you have even within wildlife as such in in a state like uh, Karnataka. And and the the tagline for Karnataka tourism is one state many words and you would see that in uh, our wildlife as well.
0: Absolutely, uh, I, I, my recommendation would be the same to read about the cultural diversity of Karnataka from the cuisine to the regions to the religions. Um, I, I, I am a Jain myself and most of our most beautiful Jain literature is written in Karnataka. Uh, the Kannada poet Pampa is known as Adhikavi amongst Jainism. The first uh, poet, uh, but, uh, there is the Gomateshwara, a big uh, temple uh, with, you know, uh,
1: statue,
0: yeah. Yes, statue, which is actually not a statue of a Tirthankai. Bahubali Swami is the second son of the first Tirthankar Lord Adinath uh, and where there is a, the in Belogola, where there is a, a Mahamastak Abhishek done every 12 years. And, you know, very, very important place for, you know, within Jains also there's the Shvitambha Jains and Digamba Jains. And everyone has that. Uh, I, I learned a very few years ago that the, what we call Derasar temples in Karnataka, it's called Basadi, I think. Uh, Bahadi, uh, yeah yes. So uh, Kishore, I, 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 I always surprise my friend Kishore by trying to learn as accurate Kannada pronunciations as I can, because uh, I, I believe that the, there is such rich beauty in our language, in our culture, in our cuisine, in, in the beautiful things that we have to offer, that whenever we talk about politics, divisions, polarizations, discussions, ultimately what unites us is, is these the love for all these. And, 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 that's what, yeah. and that's what we want to leave you with. And we'll come back to talk about those same political realities and stuff. But the both are possible, a discussion on a deep dive into the political history uh, and uh, a deep dive also into the cultural roots or, or the ethos of many such realities that we talk about.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, the cuisine, uh, the culture again uh, another talking point, but we can keep that for later yeah, but we yeah, have to right
0: now. We now. have to. so so if if if, if you are a, if you are people who want to love talk about canada culture we'll talk a little bit about that too and how it impacts it has impacted historical voting trends also in part two so thank you all for joining us uh, uh for this initial history of uh, uh karnataka politics we in part two we'll talk about the contemporary is more cut of the contemporary issue more of the contemporary issues what shaped and then we'll talk about Lok Sabha. like i said that we haven't even discussed how karnataka votes in the lok sabha and how that has impacted the vidhan sabha elections so uh, stay tuned but thank you once again kishore for joining in um, i think we'll do part 2 in probably a couple of weeks uh, and uh, uh, you know keep our folks posted we'll have another episode in between part 1 and part 2 but um, and we are not recording both parts together so in case you think so part 2 we we'll, we will try to cover the issues that have come up in the last two weeks but once again, thank you so much, Kishore, for joining. It's always a pleasure, but uh, it's a fascinating discussion today.
1: That was fun, Adit. Thank you very much, and looking forward to more discussion
0: absolutely and i uh, guys like share subscribe please follow kishore that's his handle listed there on on twitter please fo- uh, please follow his work uh, we'll put all the relevant links and then uh, uh, send this to your friends and uh, keep you know keep keep writing to us on what you want us to talk about or if you disagree with anything we talked about we love we love we love debates and we would love to see you know where uh, where we can get into a spirited debate with our uh, listeners and viewers but till then from me Um, other than Kishore, uh, uh, it's goodbye and we'll be back uh, next week with another podcast. Thank you.